Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 92, the middle of the second paragraph. It's actually the ninth line down starting with, you will soon have your friend admitting he has many, yada, yada, to the end of the paragraph, ending in live by spiritual principles, um, commenting on those lines of the paragraph only, please. Today's readers are, and thank you so much to Team Tuesday, Rachel P., Nancy R., Crystal P., Esther F., Karen W., Jeannie B. The reference ID for yesterday, July 10th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 20,246. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 20,247. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Crystal P. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Crystal. Good morning. This is Crystal P., recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much. Quick repeat. So uh, we have a correction here on the reference numbers for yesterday, July 10th. Just wanted to make sure I had them correct. It's for the 7 a.m. It's 20,426. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 20,427. Just wanted to um, get that out there. Okay. I'm now going to ask Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Esther. Good morning. It's Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Let problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from my primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous is, has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a good day, everybody, and I pass. Thank you so much, Esther F. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. 
We are in the chapter working with others. We are on page 92 in the middle of the second paragraph, nine lines in, starting with you will have your friend admitting, going through till the end of the paragraph, unpacking the rest of that, just that rest of that paragraph. And I'm going to ask Rachel IP to get us started. Go ahead, Rachel. Can't wait. Good morning, this is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Pennsylvania. You will soon have your friend admitting he has many, if not all, of the traits of the alcoholic. If his own doctor is willing to tell him that he is an alcoholic, so much the better. Even though your protege may not have, an entirely, may not have entirely admitted his condition, he has become very curious to know how you got well. Let him ask you that question if he will. Tell him exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature freely. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. He can choose any conception he likes, provided it makes sense to him. The main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. Um, what a powerful portion of this paragraph. Um, there are a lot of italics in this paragraph and you know I've learned what that means is that this is very important uh, because at the time that this book was published to italicize something costs more money so um, you know the fact that they chose to italicize this text means that it is really important and um, you know this this is so useful in working with others and you know as I reflect on my own story of, of coming into to this program and getting recovered. Um, you know, when I, you know, I've, I've shared about this in the past, um, the time between my first OA meeting and my second OA meeting was six years um, because I was so closed off to anything to do with God or higher power, um, you know, and, and what this paragraph tells me in approaching somebody is to, you know, we, we don't avoid um, the topic of, of God, of, you know, of that this is a spiritual program. Um, you know, that would be dishonest for me to approach a newcomer, you know, who may be identified as atheist or agnostic or, you know, turned off by the spiritual feature of this program. Um, that, that would be dishonest to, to try to avoid that piece, you know, because in essence, you know, what I've been taught is that, you know, what this book is about is that, I lack the power, therefore I need a power, right? My power is a lowercase p, and I need a power with a, an uppercase p, um, you know, because any power that I exerted um, to try to solve this disease failed time and time and time again. I tried everything I possibly could. And that time between that first meeting and that second meeting for me, I considered to be a step one, part of my step one experience because I had to get to the place of desperation where I was willing to accept the spiritual aspect of this program and I could have an open mind to, you know, even though I wanted nothing to do with, with God, you know, what I understood to be God at the time, um, I was willing finally to, you know, to accept that, you know, this is something that has worked for others. Maybe it could work for me. You know, maybe I'll set aside my preconceived notions and, um, and my judgment and my ideas of, of the world and God and spirituality and, and be open to something that has worked for others. Um, and that, I, you know, I, I wish I could bottle that up and, and give that to others, but I can't. 
Um, it just, you know, it just is if it is. And I know that that was the case for me um, just over five years ago when I finally came back and was ready. And, uh, you know, I, I see that um, in, in others who come in who are just so, so ready to do whatever, you know, whatever is suggested um, despite those those judgments or preconceived notions. And thank you, God, that this, you know, is is a program where we conceive of our own, you know, we come up with our own conception of higher power because that is so vital. Thank you. I'll pass with that. Thank you so much, Rachel. Great way to get us started. Okay, friendly reminder, folks, um, if you, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you shared in the last couple of days, we ask that you step aside and allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope. So if you shared on either Monday or Friday, um, Let's let some other folks share, too. Okay, so who would like to share on what was read? Did you uh, Johan N. Christina J. Uh, I thought it was Johan and Christina. Ginger C. Is that Ginger C? Pete C. Okay. Did you get Melissa Pete C. Melissa. Okay, that's probably who I missed. It was Ginger C. Ginger got gotcha. you. Kelly F. Kelly. Yep. Okay. Um, All right. I've got Johan M. Christina J. Ginger C. Melissa C. Kelly F. Anybody else? All right. Let's rock and roll with this group. Johan. Um, uh, I'll get you for the next round. Go ahead, Johan. Hey, good morning. Uh, my name is Johan N. I'm a recovered compulsive warrior in Sweden. Thank you so much for service this morning and uh, thank you so much for the readings and for this amazing paragraph uh, that, uh, you know, really, really, really hits me. And I'm just thinking about uh, when I came in, um, I had really problem with the word God, with spirituality, with religion, which I all connected with the word God. But, you know, uh, like it says here, he can show any conception he likes. Uh, uh, and he doesn't uh, have to agree with your conception of God. So um, beaten to a pulp by this disease, I was willing to, you know, I, the first step, you know, asking for help and in getting that help, humble myself into accepting God uh, as well, coming to step two. And I could see that it worked in others and I, I had nowhere else to go. I, w I was at the, you know, at the bottom. I, I needed to get out of that big black hole that I dug myself into. And the only way that uh, I could see was the solution. So I came, I came in here on my bare knees and uh, I just, you know, followed the instructions in the book, follow my sponsorship instructions and, you know, I got recovered. And then I have, you know, a couple of um, uh, relapses. I'm on my third try in a way. Um, hopefully, hopefully my last, you know, one day at a time. But this is a, this is a horrible disease. It's a deadly disease and it's, it's, it's a mean, mean disease. Um, so the reminder is that, you know, I need to keep working the program one day at a time and do everything that I can to keep the connection with God. The steps are not the solution. They are 
the they are the, the stairs to the solution or they are the they are the way to the solution. The solution is God and having a relationship with God. A God of my understanding, a God of a concept of God that I can, you know, accept and understand and that I can work with. Uh, so step ten, eleven and twelve on a daily basis. I'm doing this program daily. And today, you know, I'm I'm recovered, I'm neutral, I live a fantastic life and it's just uh, just an amazing thing. So I'm so so happy to be here today and uh, uh, wish you all a very good day. Thank you, Ipos. Thanks. Thank you so much, Johan from Sweden. All right, we've got Christina J followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. Thanks, everyone, uh, for being on the line and holding space for all of us, all of us together. So who is, what is the hungry voice that cries for help? What is the ache for wholeness? What is the empty emptiness we feel? We feel for years with food and shopping and sex, over overdoing all of these things, gambling, power trips, image, social status. What is the hungry soul that yearns for wholeness, that cries for help? I believe it's that higher self in us, that higher self is being drowned and yearns to be of service and be whole and walk a beautiful life on this earth. It's not easy on this earth. You know, this earth is almost like a workshop to bring us to who we really are. You know, and so this thing about spirituality, if you're new or relapsing, you know, which I've been new and relapsing. <laughs> I've been in several places in this program and I'm yearning for a deeper connection. And this book tells me how to do it. I don't have to say, oh, I don't like the, you know, I don't, I don't have a God. I don't believe in God. I, you know, all that I've been told you need to put your life, you need to give up that previous life. And in that previous life are beliefs, opinions, attitudes, um, the way it is, the way I don't like it, the way I want it to be, all that stuff I give up. And how do I do it? It's so simple, walking these steps. You don't have to worry if you're a newcomer and don't have a God or whatever, you know, don't have that or feel that or relate to that. You don't have to worry about it. Step one, you know you're powerless over food. Your life's unmanageable. Or maybe you don't quite know how your life is unmanageable yet because I didn't. Um, just go forward. Step two, step three. Soon, as you go through four through nine especially, you will begin to touch into something in your soul. And when that food's down, when that bullshit is down, a portal begins to open up, a portal to something bigger than who you ever thought you were, hidden and tiny in the food, misery, curtains pulled in the bedroom or in the store, looking at the food and crawling around in the aisles like a, a desperate junkie. That's how I was. Recently, I've been that way. Thank God I have some time now, and I'm beginning to see the portal is open before me, and there's a light in it. And all i got to do is take these steps to get to that spirituality, you know. Freely stress the spirituality of the program. I might not understand it at first, but that's where I'm headed, to a relationship with something bigger than myself. Because people will always disappoint. Things will always disappoint. Desire systems will always disappoint. Food is going to effing disappoint every time and it takes a while to get that beautiful light 
that just expands within your heart and you want to help others. And you don't want to go back to the horror. Horror. Horror being in the food. Thank you for letting me share my past. Thank you, Christina J. from North Carolina. Ginger C., you're up. Uh, next is Pete B. Go ahead, Ginger. Good morning, Amy. This is Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater in Colorado. So grateful to be on the line, and thank you so much to everyone who's doing service to make this meeting continue. Um, today is the greatest gift of my life after probably the greatest accident of my life on June 24th because I'm celebrating one complete week of clean and clear eating. Thank you, God. And I had no idea that this accident would be my beginning back from a horrific, horrific relapse. I have been completely surrendered. I lie in bed. It's been two weeks, going on three now, because I'm not allowed to move my right leg that shattered. And it's just mysterious and miraculous. And all I have today, and all each and every one of you on the line has today, is a story. And as much as I love the clear-cut directions in our big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's the story that we share, because that's how one alcoholic talks to another alcoholic, to hopefully get hope, to hopefully concede to your innermost self. Are you a real compulsive overeater? Because if you don't get that beat, you'll never go anywhere. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. from Colorado. Pete B., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Go ahead, Pete. Thanks, Amy, for your service. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. So these are these are super important instructions, right? Because they're coming from you know, you, you like in, in this scenario and what we've been reading, right? We we're 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 not meeting with somebody and telling them our story. We're meeting with somebody and we're building rapport. We're having dialogue about our mental inconsistencies. We're having we're asking them to tell some stuff about them, but we're 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 conveying the information. Uh, about our experience that drove us to the point of surrender, right? And this is where it's super important that, you know, we are armed with the facts about ourselves and the facts about this disease, the significance and severity of this disease, right? And we learned early on in the book, it says that nothing, only a spiritual experience will conquer what we have, right? So this is where, when we get to the point of having this dialogue or building this rapport with this person, when they ask us how we do it, that's when we need to tell them the exact specific truth, right? It's not our job to water down the fact that only if somebody is in fact, if does in fact have this condition, as defined in the book, and they're not a moderate eater or a hard eater, that they are in fact a compulsive reader of the hopeless variety, that only a spiritual experience will conquer it, right? It doesn't say anywhere in our book that it says we have to believe in God. What it says is that we have to be willing to believe, willing to believe in the power that can solve our problem. 
right? It's not, you know, because somebody has a problem with it, we don't need to water it down. We don't need to say, well, hang in there. Eventually you'll get it. They, you know, if a person is not willing to believe, there's no sense in moving if they do in fact have the condition. There's no sense in moving on to any additional work, right? And that needs to be driven into the sufferer. Because if you're anyone like me, what I was looking for was a meal plan. I was looking for some buddies, right? I was looking for some, some new code of morals and better philosophies. And what I got was fat. What I got was regular attempts, regularly going back to the food because I never took the time or listened to the people that were telling me how significant and how severe this disease is and that no new process was going, you know, not a, not, you know a bunch of steps, a bunch of meetings, a bunch of this, a bunch of that. That wasn't going to do it for the real compulsive reader. Yeah, well, I'll get periods of relief. But only power greater than myself can remove this thing. Only a spiritual experience can conquer it. Not a, not, not a spiritual experience and this and that and that. It says only a spiritual experience, right? So when they ask, that's when we need to tell them the truth. Mm. That'll pass. Okay. Oh, perfect timing. All right. Thank you, Pete B. All right. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Kelly F. Please go ahead, Melissa. Hey. Hi, good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York and um you know, I think I think about the the step itself, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, right? So I can't I I believe that I can't help anybody um, unless I've had that, I mean, I can help people in lots of ways, but as far as doing 12-step work, I have to have had a spiritual experience. I have to have this, uh, for me, this relationship with God where I believe 100%, you know, to the depths of my core, that it is not my human power that got me this abstinence, this recovery, this way of life, that it came from something much greater, and that that much greater thing, I have a consciousness of it. I'm awake and aware of it, and that it's entered my heart and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. And that's, you know, I love the point when we have conversations with new people, um, and they ask, like, because we, I mean, in the past, the way that I had carried the message and the way that it, like, unfortunately at some different points in my life was carried to me was the entry point was a set of directions and that's not what this says the entry point is really a set of my painful experiences where the person then says okay what did you do then they can talk about the spiritual feature freely and yeah we speak about it freely you know um you know if someone is agnostic and atheist it's not, uh, you know, it's not, well, don't worry about it. You can go on being a non-believer. It's not what it says. It says you've got to believe in something bigger than yourself. Um, it doesn't have to be what, what I believe in. But you have to form your own conception. And, you know, a conception is a starting spot. It's it's not a, necessarily a concept. I don't think that 
I come into Overeaters Anonymous and I get to make up God. I, I don't believe that for myself. What I believe is I decide where I'm going to start. I decide where I'm going to allow this to to be conceived, to be begun. And, you know, what I think about it is it's, it's I look at all the spiritual terms in the book. For those of you that are struggling with atheism, you know, I heard a beautiful quote don't worry about it. The God that you don't believe in never existed anyway. So find a conception that makes sense with, for you. Put your playing piece on that, you know, put it on that square and begin there. And, you know, the only thing that got me abstinent, the only thing that keeps me abstinent, the only thing that keeps me recovered is a relationship with God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Kelly F., you're up, and then we're going to take some more names. Uh, just a friendly reminder, we are on page 92. In the middle of the second paragraph, ninth line, you will soon have your friend admitting, going to the end of that paragraph. So we'll be taking some more names after Kelly. Go ahead, Kelly. Um, no, no, we're not taking names now, Pamela. Kelly, Kelly, you're up. All right. All right, thanks. Thanks, Amy, for your service. This mm -hmm. is Kelly S., recovered compulsive and recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, amazing shares on this paragraph. I really wanted to share today um, because I wanted to share on the very last sentence about um, the main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. When did that get put in there? That's what I want to know because that's what my point sponsor pointed out to me um, in one of our first conversations. And, um, you know, I have been around these rooms for decades, as you guys know, and I want to tell you something um, that needs to be pointed out to the sponsee and my sponsor did that to me, because here's the thing. Um, so not only everybody's been sharing, we have to have some kind of power because um, we need power. The book's made it clear. We don't have power, so we need power, but I have to start living different. What are spiritual principles? You know, right from the very beginning, some of them, you know, obviously are honesty. I didn't have that. So here's what I want to tell you guys. In the first few decades of my recovery, I'm not kidding you guys, I was lying, cheating, stealing, having numerous affairs, but, but that's not what this is about, right? I'm just here to get some, you know, lose some weight, stop my binging and purging, you know, have a normal body. What does that got to do with the fact that I'm cheating on people? I'm having affairs. What does that got to do with anything, right? And so this was a huge thing. You know what? I got to start living different and showing up different and working this program. And that was a big one for me. So I just really wanted to share that, you know, if I'm not living by spiritual principles, whatever your power you believe in, if I'm not being honest, if I'm not being kind, tolerant, those kind of things, you know, it, it didn't work for me. And the book is telling me these are things that we have to do. It's not an or, or you should do. It's an and. It's an and right there. And it's in italics. So the other thing is, you know, stressing the spiritual feature freely. I always, like, didn't want to freak people out and scare them about this God thing, about this power. My sponsor, one of our first conversations, she said to me, Kelly, your power, this God, whatever it is for you, has got to be your BFF, right? She's, like, made that clear. You've got to get this connection, this relationship, because that, that's what this is all about, and that's not what I had been looking for for all these years. And I figured, she you know what she's talking about? She's got almost 10 years of recovered abstinence. So today I am living by spiritual principles. I am working on making this relationship with this power, my BFF, because as everybody has shared, you know, we need a power. It's about a spiritual experience that took me decades to understand that God wasn't trying to help me get abstinent. B 
being abstinent was helping me get to God. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much, Kelly. Okay, folks, we're going to take some more names. Again, we're on page 92, middle of the paragraph, going to the end of the paragraph, second paragraph, starting with the ninth line. A reminder, if you've shared in the last couple of days, to please step aside so others can share their experience, strength, and hope. Who would like to share? Ken W.A.C. Joanne, I don't know if we'll get to you, but I'll put you on here. All right, so I've got Ken W.H., Camilla H., Shanna C., Joe M., Nancy R., Kathy R., Barb W., Joanne P. All right, Ken, please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. This is Ken W.H., Recover Compulsive Overeater in North Carolina. <clears throat> Interesting, uh, powerful paragraph, of course. Um, Forty-five pages ago or so, it told me that I'm, my story is to disclose in a general way what I used to be like, what happened, and what I'm like today. And here it tells me to tell this person exactly what happened to, to me. Well, that sounds to me like getting specific uh, about things because we're making some assumptions in this paragraph that that the protege, if you will, that person has already uh, embraced some things, that they've come far enough to realize total hopelessness. And that's what I had to get to. I had to be shown that I was totally hopeless, powerless, lost, without something, something needed to happen. And it did. And that I can exactly explain that I was uh, shown this way of life by people telling their stories. I listened a lot. I was basically told early on to just keep my mouth closed and listen because I don't know anything yet. (laughs) I don't have anything to share yet. So Ken, just listen. And I listened and I started to identify. And then I found someone that I could relate to and we started to move ahead into more of the exact nature of my wrongs, my life, my way of living and what happened. And, and now I can share exactly, (laughs) exactly what has happened to me in recovery. And yes, I spent a lot of years just fussing around in this program. I have it now. And the spiritual reality has simply grown in me over the years. It's become more and more profound. But I just need to pass along the information that I came to believe that there was a power out there. I had to find something. There had to be something or I'm toast. I'm lost. Um, and, And I came to that slowly that full reality and acceptance. And once that happens, then the process started for me. And I started to 
come to that place of being able to share with others that you're going to need to come to terms with powerlessness, period. If you don't get step one and don't, and if I didn't get step one, which it took a long time to get to, if I hadn't taken that step, I'm going to stay lost in the mess. And I did for many, many years. Finally, I surrendered. I did not have the power to cure myself, but there is power to cure others. That power, whatever it may be, can cure me. And it has done that over the years. And I'm so grateful for it. That's all I got to share. That's all I do have to share is my story. And I can get pretty specific about it at this point in the book, at least what it's telling me uh, where the new person is that I'm talking to. There's some assumptions here that they've made some progress. And I appreciate the time and have a wonderful, blessed day, folk. I pass. Thank you, Ken WH from North Carolina. Camilla H. Gerald, please go ahead. Amy, it's Carmela G. Is that Carmela G? Okay, very <laughs> sorry. Good. Please go ahead. Yes, I know who you are. Thank you. Righty, thanks so much. Um, gratefully recovered today from New York. Uh, the main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself, and that power cannot be his sponsor. That power must be based on a higher power, and as a sponsor. I must make sure because in the very beginning of program, when I was sick and in the disease, I thought I was the higher power. I was God, and therefore I wanted everyone to believe in me. But by time I work these steps and do my inventory, and step one is based on brutal honesty, Honesty, and I always thought I never lied, but I was lying to myself. I was dishonest to myself. And as I reach this step and I'm working with another, the honesty is to encourage my sponsee to connect with that power, that perfect love and follow the directions of that power. And all that I'm doing is to guide through the book, not editorializing, but through the book, all the things that need to be done to accomplish this. And this is the great gift. And where do I get the words to say? I ask always for direction. And with that, I thank you so much. Thank you so much, Carmela G. from New York. Shanna C., you're up, followed by Joe M. Good, mo- Go. Good morning. This is Shanna C., Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Through God's grace and mercy, um, it's a miracle for my life. I say it every time because it's a, every day is a miracle for me that I'm not stuffing my face with food or in, in it one way or another. Um, Thank you, Amy, for moderating and all the wonderful shares so far. Um, 
I'll, I'll try to be as brief as I, I can just based on my own experience. I'm so grateful that by the time I had gotten to the point where I was, I really saw how powerless I was. I saw that I needed a really, really big God because there was absolutely no human power, no readings, no amount of meetings, no amount of uh, food planning or non-food planning or whatever exercise that was going to relieve my 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 spiritual malady that led me to think that I could control and enjoy my eating. Therefore I started eating these foods. And then the next thing, the this, this cycle is set in motion because the phenomenon of craving has been triggered. I mean, it's just a, it's a hell that I could not get myself out of despite the praying that I did, despite the amount of years of recovery I'd been in all of it. What happened for me, I believe is the God of my understanding that I had been introduced to in recovery before was finally ready for me to get recovered from food, from, from compulsive overeating. I believe those prayers had been answered, but they were being answered in a way that I didn't think that they, that they would be. I thought I could just, you know, whatever. I don't know. But what happened for me was I saw how big this problem was. And it wasn't just that I saw it. It's just, I really like conceded to my innermost self that I would, that I'm doomed. And therefore I was going to have to be changed by something bigger than me. And then it was then that I was willing to ask for help and that fear of eating again sobered me for a bit in time for me to make contact with someone who had gone through these steps. Like she got me through the steps pretty quickly. And I had the spiritual experience necessary to relieve me from the compulsive overeating. And I believe in my heart at that point, I saw that in order for me to, God was going to keep this obsession at bay and enable me to stay abstinent because it was then I understood that in order for this to happen, I had to be willing to help others. And that's one of the missing components that I had because for the longest time, I thought I had the perfect, had to have the perfect food plan. And I would get so caught up in what was a trigger food and what wasn't or doing it the right way and what the food police were going to say to me if I ate what they thought was the wrong thing. In other words, I'm putting people in the place of God there. But anyway, um, it says later on in the book, it says, um, remind the prospect is uh, recovery isn't dependent upon people. It's dependent upon his relationship with God. Thank God for the people that lead me to that relationship with God and point me back to God. And that's one of the things my sponsor first told me, he said, the food plan is not going to keep you abstinent. It's the relationship with God the working of these steps is what's going to enable you to follow the food plan. So anyway, that's all I have. I appreciate your listening to me, and I hope everyone has a fabulous day. Thanks. Thanks so much, Shanna C. from Tennessee. All right, Joe M., you're up uh, by Nancy R. Go ahead, Joe. Press star one to unmute. I thought I heard Joe M. Okay, there we go. Did you... Okay, I guess I, I thought I had unmuted. Here we go. Okay, thank you, Amy. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. My name is Joe M. I'm a compulsive overeater in Minnesota. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. What I would like to say is, <laughs> if a man be an alcoholic, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. If, if the woman or man is a compulsive overeater, you do not have to agree with my conception of God or a power greater than yourself because that's what we have in common. That's what we suffer from. We don't suffer from atheism. We don't suffer from agnosticism. We don't suffer from religious belief. We suffer 
from compulsive overeating. If we are suffering from compulsive overeating, there is something amiss with our belief system, whatever the belief system is. I don't care what it is. If your head is in the lard bucket, there's something major that's missing in the belief system that you're carrying around. That is true for me. That was true for me. I had a belief system was not working for me. My belief system in all of its glory, in all of its beauty, there was a major hole in my belief system as evidenced by the fact that I was in the food. And so I had to reconsider. So what I want anybody who's listening to this who thinks that there's some separate message for atheists and agnostics and a separate message for religious believers, there is not. There is one message. What do we say in step 12? We tried to carry this message to who? We don't carry it to agnostics. We don't carry it to uh, atheists. We don't carry it to religious believers. We carry it to compulsive overeaters. There is a way out. You suffer from compulsive overeating. You can recover from compulsive overeating. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe M. from Minnesota. All right, Nancy R., you're followed by Kathy R. Go ahead, Nancy. Nancy, star one. I thought I heard it, Nancy. All right. Well, I guess we'll go with Kathy R. Did I get that right? Kathy R, press star one. Am I muted? We can hear you. All right, so we're still looking for Nancy R. Or Kathy R. <laughs> Did I miss a whole bunch of names? How about Barb W? Good morning, Barb W here. Thanks for hearing me. Thank you for your service. It just comes to me, um, conception. And, and not that this is a life uh, science class or anything. Well, it sort of is, but you know, pardon me, egg and sperm, two things coming together that start something, two things coming together. And so first of all, it's like my problem comes smack into with a, a, someone with a solution. So the problem and the solution, and I was hearing yesterday, in a share, like it's a, it's a problem until it's until there's a solution and we have a solution. Those two things coming together, and then also in this paragraph, it's a willing to believe. So there's two things here: willing to believe and that I live by spiritual principles. So putting feet onto my action, putting putting legs on a way of life um, in spiritual principles. I don't know, it's just two things coming together that can grow. My deepest need coming in into contact with a solution and putting feet onto that, the willingness to follow um, a power greater than myself. And that's all I really have to share. I just thank you for this meeting. It's just been so powerful. Pass. Thank you so much, Barb W. And Joanne P., looks like you got time. We got you. We got you. So please go ahead and share. Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P. 
in Pennsylvania, gratefully recovered and um, just so thankful for all of you and the beautiful shares this morning in your service. And especially thankful for this paragraph in the book, which I just love um, because here it states he can choose any conception he likes. He doesn't have to agree with my conception of God, but he must be willing to believe in a power greater than himself. And wow, um, until I learn to abandon myself to my higher power, to my God, and to be honest and humble and accept, you know, accept everybody for who they are and know that, um, only my God and my relationship with my higher power has me where I am today, feeling the um, the peace and the serenity and the joy from true truth, just being honest and being humble and um, surrendering every day because every day we put our feet on the ground and we're an addict, right? When we wake up in the morning, but it is... Uh, the joy of this program that by um, having a relationship with our higher power and by the grace of our higher power, we can surrender and accept everyone, no matter who they are, <laughs> that we come in contact with. And it's a challenge. And uh, yeah, it is by the grace of God, that we are all here living the joy of this program. And um, now with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Joanne P. from uh, Pennsylvania. I'm just going to circle back real quick to make sure Nancy R. I think it was Abby R. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I don't want to... Jump yes. in front of Nancy, but I think if Nancy's Abby, that's me. <laughs> well, let's just roll with it. Go ahead, Abby. Okay. Hi, I'm Abby R. from New York, um, and I just I just wanted to to share and thank everyone always for being here. I shared last week, um, super upset and uh, overwhelmed, and I just um, I think the spirituality part of the program is starting to seep into my daily life, and it's super, super helpful. I'm still in the very beginning of step one, but um, I began um, doing like two-way prayer in the morning, and it's quite amazing. Um, I just shared with someone I spoke with that I asked God a question this morning. I needed, you know, how to help me put him first. Um, I'm having trouble organizing how to take steps before everybody wakes up and gets stuff done and he simply said the answer was simply um that all i have to do is just ask when i open my eyes what i need help with um and it seems so simple but it the answer was simply just don't put your feet on the ground and ask me what you need help with and i will help you um and i have never been a super super spiritual person and um i find it really relieving and refreshing to have help <laughs> um, so I don't feel so so alone and overwhelmed. So if I can just learn to access that help, you know, 
more frequently um, whenever I need it, I think that um, I'll be in a much better place. Thanks for letting me share. I'll pass. Thank you, Abby from New York. Agar from New York. Uh, did I get Kathy correct? Was there a Kathy that wanted to share? Okay, well, we have time for one more share. So who would like to take that? Tiffany H. from Georgia. Tiffany, please go ahead. Take us out. Um, hey, everyone. This is my first time sharing on the line. Tiffany H. from Georgia. And Welcome. I just want to say that this, thank you, this is my um, second time back in OA. And gosh, I've been, <laughs> I've had a, a food addiction since I was 13 years old. I'm now 42. But um, this time is different, and I'll say for the newcomer, um, I have a really amazing sponsor, and the one thing that I've learned in going through the steps um, is really that you just have to be patient, and there were a lot of things that I didn't understand, like what does powerlessness mean, and I didn't really know what that meant, and my sponsor just encouraged me to just keep working the steps. Um, and, and through that, things were revealed to me that, you know, I didn't even know I was powerless over. Um, and it's really incredible now. The other thing that I'll say is in terms of higher power, I also didn't know what that meant. But I will say in going, working steps four, five, and six, um, it, was, it was really incredible to me that my sponsor kept saying, more things will be revealed to you. And they really were. So I just say to the newcomer, just keep working the steps. You will have a spiritual experience, and hopefully you'll have multiple. I know I'm having them, um, and it's really incredible. And I really just love this mom, and I appreciate everyone. So thank you, and have a great day. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Tiffany. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, July 11, 2023, is 20,429. That's 20429. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy R. please read a vision for you? Nancy, are you there? Press star one to unmute. Okay, uh, Crystal P, do you want to read 164 for me? Hi, this is Crystal P, Recovered Compulsible Reader from Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.